Bridges Boys. We like beer. We like beer. If you think that that sounds hazy, then Lord, we'll make it clear. We like Blondells, IPAs, cider stouts, and the USA Bridges Boys. We like beer. We're just boys. We like beer. Welcome into another episode of the Upstate Beer Boys podcast. Sitting here with my podcast partner, Stephen the Mayor, and we are, what are we doing here today, Stephen? We have been invited by Miss Candace and Everett to brew a beer at Habitat. So, uh, what do you think so far, Wayne? Hospitality, no hospitality? Great hospitality. Great, great, great hospitality. But before we get started with this, uh, thanks for tuning in. We want to thank Chris Hedgecock for our theme song. And uh, you can catch Upstate Beer Boys on Instagram and Facebook. Just look up Upstate Beer Boys Podcast. And uh, yeah, hospitality here at Habitat is always, always, always A1. A1+. Candice, thanks for inviting us. Oh, of course. You guys are always welcome. All right, so um, since we're here today for a brew day, can you tell us a little bit about what we can expect? Like, uh, I think our little uh, uh, recipe sheet said something about experimental. So, let me pull up the recipe. Oh, um, no cheat sheets. No cheat sheets. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk too far out left field. Uh, so we're doing a cold IPA, uh, which isn't really a recognized style, like as far as beer judging, which is what my program uses. So it's experimental IPA. Um, some people call them cold IPA. Some people fight the term and call it an IPL, even though there's a little bit of a difference. Um, but we're going more hop forward, so definitely will be an IPA. So what was the reason for you choosing that style for our collaboration beer? Um, well, talking to you guys and kind of knowing what you guys drink, uh, but to love between lagers and IPAs. And I was like, well, there already exists a kind of a marriage between the two. So it was really the point. And it's also pretty popular right now. So and we're going into the warm months. So it should be uh, pretty well received in the tap room also. So I'm not going to ask for a specific date because I already messed up and made that that thing. But this type of beer, how long does it take from the time we brew to the time we're able to drink it off the tap? How many weeks is that? Um, so that our listeners will know that they don't do beer. So for this one, we'll look at about two weeks fermentation and then... I think I'm only going to probably lager it for about two or three weeks. So about a month. Okay. It's not bad. It'll be after Easter. So folks, uh, definitely have to come try our beer that we collaborated today. And Wayne, what you got? Well, being that this is, uh, this is March, right? Yep. Yeah, we're in March. So this is uh, uh, March. Yeah, I think we just passed International Women's Day, but it's also uh, Women's History Month, and uh, 
Candace, you are, I think you're the first, well, I know you're the first uh, female brewer we have here. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself in case our listeners today have missed our uh, prior episode where we had you on. Uh, well, I'm from Atlanta. Um, didn't actually start out brewing. I was a teacher for eight years and still involved in education, but somewhere along the lines there, I got involved in home brewing. Um, that was about 10 years ago. And I would make beer for myself, for friends, for special events, baby showers. And I would just take my beer places and have people try it and kind of mm. give me like feedback and see what, you know, what works. And then when I moved here three years ago, I pretty much did the same thing. Made friends with the bar manager at the time and would bring in beers or we'd hang out as friends. Just bring, you know, and then they said they were going to start a brew program and asked if I would join. And I originally didn't understand they were trying to get me to brew. I thought they just wanted like consulting or kind of like help (laughs) (laughs) and so they were like no we want you to brew and I was like oh okay so here it is uh just over a year later and uh it's still fun it's exhausting but it's still fun what's been your favorite beer to brew so far that you've put out here at Habitat oh you think I'd have that answer on deck um favorite to brew Um, probably the right stuff. The right stuff is kind of fun. It's also, I like a good Irish red, so that's a good beer. Pretty easy to make as well. We have a couple of difficult ones. You get the Irish red, I'm assuming that is a St. Patrick's Day type tie Right, that's the one that's in the bright tank carbonating. So it's named after, we have a, a family of regulars that come in, the Wrights. And uh, they're, it's like the beer we named after them. And they come in and they bring their family and we keep it on. It's always our St. Patrick's Day release. <laughs> so it's just sort of thing that we're going to keep going. So it's good. It's a good beer. It's like around 5%. A um, little bit of roasted malt. It's just an easy drinking, like lawnmower beer. So uh, we've talked to you, Candace, and talked to you about your brewing skills and your beer all morning long we've been here uh since nine o'clock and it is now about 2 40 or so so uh there's a and i'm gonna call him a young man because he's a good bit younger than any of us in the table but uh tell me uh tell our listeners who you are and what you do here sir i'll hop in here with the mic yeah, my name's uh, Everett. I'm a relatively new face around here at Habitat. Uh, I've been here since about November, probably, I would say. Um, this is definitely Candace's show, but I am her uh, I am her backup, so to speak. Her, I am uh, the assistant brewer here, so help her do a lot of the, uh, the heavy lifting, I suppose. But, um, yeah, I mean, really... Uh, cause this, is, this is Candace's gig. She is the mastermind behind all of it, so I can't... I can't take away any credit from her, but um, I'm also a uh, brewer at uh, Shoeless Brewing. I'm the head brewer there. Um, I've been there for about a little over a year now, something like that. So, yeah, that's kind of my brief biography. I have a little bit of a 
experienced distilling as well. I've worked at a one of the local distilleries in the area as well. Uh, did that for, I don't know, about five or six months. Six and 20, correct? Yes, yeah, six and 20. Yep. For our um, listeners to kind of put a together what you're talking about, like a puzzle. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and it was kind of interesting. I was, I was, we were talking earlier about, I kind of had a, an, an unorthodox uh, introduction into this industry. Uh, it tends to be, in my experience, uh, brewers tend to start as home brewers and kind of work their way up. For me, it was kind of strangely backwards. Uh, I I just was kind of in a weird spot in my life where I was trying to just figure out, you know, what direction I wanted to go. Like you said, I'm young, you know, and uh, I got offered a job. We've all been there. <laughs> yeah, I got offered a job working in a uh, working in the bar at six and twenty, and um, I took the opportunity, you know, and uh, one one thing led to another, and they kind of started needing help in the back, and somehow just got more and more involved and. Got pulled into the back full time, mashing and distilling and all that fun stuff. And so yeah, I, I, I started, I started doing commercial work before I even uh, had brewed anything at home. So, but, but yeah, that's kind of my uh, my my brief background. That's kind of my story thus far. It's a pretty short story as I am pretty young. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, that's a pretty cool story though, in my opinion. Um, I don't know what Wayne thinks about it, but I, I'm a I learn from hands-on so you could tell me all day long how to brew a beer looking at this board right here but to actually have the chance to work with brewers because i home brew mm-hmm. I, i've had to learn it all on my own i haven't been able to be taught by anybody right so i think that's pretty cool especially being young you know you can do it keep on doing it have your own brewery one day or the head brewer at a bigger brewery well, that, sky's the limit. That is that is the goal ultimately. I think I think, and that's probably a pretty shared and common goal amongst you know a lot of brewers and home brewers. Everybody wants their own brewery one day. But yeah, I, I hope to one day uh, one day get there. But I got a lot of learning to do first for sure. And I've got a great great teacher and mentor here with Candice, and uh, I've got some great teachers and mentors at, at Shoeless and through people I've met in the community through there as well. So yeah. You know, we started talking about stuff, and we were talking about our beer, and and we jumped around to a couple other things. And you know, with being a cold IPA, I forgot to ask uh, what kind of hops are in it. So I don't know who wants to answer that question. I'll let the uh, the brewmaster here take that, <laughs> as it is her recipe. All I know is that I saw a big old bag and a, a weight scale, <laughs> digital scale, and I walked back there, and I'm like. Are we uh, doing drugs or are we, yeah, breaking bad little situation here? A little bit of here, a little bit of there. There's finesse. Uh, so <laughs> I bought about 11 pounds of cashmere from another brewery and I've been. It's cashmere. Uh, cashmere. <laughs> Pinky's up with that one. Yeah. Um, and uh, Rebecca, who owns Shoeless, she's in love with it. And she and I just got to talking about her her summer sweater beer that she makes and I was like what is this cashmere hop what is it so I bought some and I was like oh this is nice um they actually have a single hop beer with it and it's delicious so I was like okay let's use this but cashmere is more like kind of lemony 
a little bit of like dankness, a little bit of pine. And I was like, well, what will work with that? Cascade. God love Cascade. It's one of my favorite hops. And then I had a little bit of a hop blend left over, a couple ounces that we threw in there. But it's mainly going to be cashmere focus. And I felt like it would work with the light body of the beer because there's almost nothing in this beer. There's no extra adjuncts or flavors. Mm-hmm. So this is really going to be a, a shot. Like there's, The hops are going to shine on this one, hopefully. Fingers crossed. I'm putting all the goodness in the hop and the universe out there that this is a perfect beer. <laughs> no way to mask the flavor. No, there's no masking <laughs> at all with this one. And then we're using Kolsch yeast. Which is, um, it's it's going to give a little bit of fruitiness, not a lot, but it'll be, it'll be pretty nice. I think it'll be a good summer sipper. That sounds great. You know, we, you know, a simple, easy drinker is always uh, a good thing to have. What do you think is going to come in around ABV wise? Curiously. Well... So far, we're looking at maybe six and a half. My beers have a tendency to over attenuate, though, so mm. I'm I'm looking at about six and a half, hopefully, with this beer. Um, I think I originally marketed it for seven, but we had some slight efficiency issues. But I mean, it's not bad. Okay. Um, have you done any? Is this your first cold IPA? Yes. Nice. The first one. Um, it's actually kind of funny. I didn't. There's the whole conversation, like I brought up earlier. People are like, is a cold IPA really an IPO or India Pale Lager? And there's a whole <laughs> lot of like fighting back and forth. And I was like, I don't really want to do this. This is kind of like a trend. And then I had a bunch of them, and I was like, this is actually kind of nice because you do get like the crispy boy like taste that everybody's going for in the summer, but you still get the hot bomb, and it is a little bit more than just like a hoppy pilsner or a hoppy lager. So it'd be nice to, I don't know, sometimes I feel like it's easy to fall into this. We've been doing it this way. Let's keep going this way kind of mm. trap. And I'm trying not to be that person. So even though I said no originally, mm-hmm. I'm going to broaden my horizons and try something new. So I was really impressed with the fact that, you know, Wayne and I brewed before with other breweries and I've got to do one, you know, that Wayne had to work. And we learned something from every brewery. But I was really impressed with the fact that you took the time to send me a text message and said, hey, not sure if you're curious or not, but or care, maybe that's the word you used. These are the hops I'm using. And I chose these hops just for y'all's collaboration. And I felt like... I always feel like we're a part of it as the Upstate Bear Boys, but it really made me feel even better for the fact that you took the time out of your day to let me know, and I relate it to Wayne, hey, this is what we're brewing, this is the hops we're going to use, and it made me feel like you really cared about our collaboration. And so along with talking about the hospitality that just was like you went above and beyond. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a collab. I feel like it should be 
collab effort. Like our very first collab that we ever did here with Brew 85, that's exactly what it was. We discussed the grains, we discussed like recipes, we both made a beer like we had never made before, talked about hops, oh, this is what we do, this is what we do. And I'm like, it was a true, you know, collab. Yeah, it's a little bit we, different yeah, from us. It's a little we, bit different, <laughs> but it was still like I talked to you guys, hey, I like lagers, I like IPAs. Yeah. Let's do it, you know, IPL. And then trying not to go too crazy. And I had meant to message y'all earlier because when I was buying the hops, like, hey, here's cashmere, here's the profile. I think this would be kind of cool based off of what y'all have told me that you drink. Yeah. And I think it fits like everybody's little. And, and I've drank your beers and Wayne's had your beers. So we're just kind of like, at this point, in my opinion, we're just free labor. We'll help you do what you need to do and help Everett. But I get a lot of joy out of just being in in the moment and letting our listeners, because they can't see, but letting our listeners know what it takes to brew a beer on a large scale. Because like I said before, I brew home, but I do five gallons. That's nothing. Yeah. The cleanup time, the brewing, that's totally different. And for our listeners to actually hear what it takes from you as a brewer and you, Everett, as a brewer, I think that goes a long way. Yeah, it's not too, I mean, too much difference. I mean, the size is a big change. Um, especially for me when I was a home brewer, I only did three gallon batches or one gallon batches. So even five was a lot. And people who do 10, I think, is that's insane. Um, <laughs> that's, where are you putting it? Well, my biggest thing is <laughs> when, I, having a party is what I, when I brew, when I brew and I do grain, when I do all grain, I just take my brew bag, pick it up, throw it in the trash. Yep. You actually, or y'all, I should say, you and Everett, y'all actually have to scoop it out and you put it in a barrel so while i'm on that subject and you've already told me what do you do with the spent grain do you throw it in the trash do you what do you do with it so this most of it typically goes to a hog farm so there's a bunch of really happy drunk 900 pound war hogs hanging around <laughs> um, in the northern part of greenville uh but pigs will eat anything except teeth if you didn't know that so uh, they're very happy when they get it because they'll probably pick it up Tuesday. So it'll be really nice and nasty and rank for them. Um, we also do have a contract with the uh, compost company. The only difference is it's the sides of the batch. I can't give them as much as I can give the farmer. Like he's taking some of my biggest batches that were almost 400 pounds, which is nothing compared to a lot of other breweries. But for me, that's a lot of, <laughs> it's a lot of grain. Um, so these will, we'll see how happy these pigs are. So I want to ask real quick, because we, we talk about, like with our daughter, we've been talking about the circle of life. So you give the farmer these grains, he feeds these pigs. These pigs, they're not pets. They're actually going to go to market for meat. I believe so. Pretty sure. Okay. Pretty so... To me, that as a farmer, I'm not a farmer, but if I was a farmer, that would be a win-win situation. You're brewing a beer to make the man happy. He's feeding the pigs with your grain, and then it's going back in turn make a man happy when he's eating the bacon. It's a great bacon. 
Uh, I personally have not <laughs> had any bacon or you know pork from these pigs, but I've seen other people who have. So yeah, it is pretty full circle. Um, I used to also give some to a friend of mine who has chickens. Okay. So, because like, you know, chickens, I forgot what it's called, but they stop laying eggs for a while sometimes. And then after a while, apparently it just increased the yield. And I've had that happen. I have a friend that brews um, in Rock Hill. She actually gives her grains to a lady who has chickens. And in turn, she gets free eggs. And they went from these tiny little small little eggs to these like extra large eggs. I don't know what's in the grain, but it's working. New- nutrition. Nutrition. Yep, nutrition. And a little bit out. I can tell you what it is. Oh. Yeah, I want to know. I don't okay, know. so we have a couple different farmers that come to get our greens at, at my main job, Shoeless. And one of the things that they request for me to do is to let the grain sit out for a few days. So ferment. Yeah, well, they start to ferment, but the flies will lay their, their, their larvae in it. And the, now it's, it's kind of gross. But the maggots are so full of protein, the chicken is so good for the chickens. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, and so the chickens love it, man. They love the little grubs. But yeah, that's they'll ask me to leave it out so the flies will lay their, their larva in it. But so there you go. Whenever oh. whenever you're eating eggs now, you can think about that. Oh, it's like a little protein shake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's kinda nasty. Well well speaking of grain, sense. I was just happy to see that uh uh, the mash tun was an easy clean, actually almost like a self-cleaning thing. Oh, yeah. that's <laughs> The rakes are the best part of it. Yeah, once I figured out how to lay that box under there so it doesn't throw all it on the floor, you just turn the rakes on backwards and it'll just clean itself. That's the first brew day that I've never had to actually hold a shovel in my hand. <laughs> yep, same. Um, we still so, have to work too hard around here. So your tanks all are named after Disney characters, and um, if I'm not mistaken, our beer is going to go into. It's going to Mulan. Mulan. Oh. Yeah, yeah I'll. Do... So sh- this might pass a little punch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope so. Almost seven percent. That'll be good. But um, yeah, it was kind of a joke when we started uh, when we first started a year ago that we're like, this is where the magic happens. Mm-hmm. And we're like, isn't that like the Disney logo? And so Elsa was like, I don't have a cold liquor tank. So that was, the first tank was my cold liquor tank. And so I was like, oh, this would be Elsa. And I just was like joking. And then um, I put my first beer in the second tank, which is Snow White, because Snow White is the first princess. Mm-hmm. And then like it just kind of like snowballed from there. And then one of our waitresses was like, we need a Cinderella. And I was like, okay, Cinderella. And then the last part was kind of a joke. We were like, we need a little more representation. So I was like, Tiana, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) So I just slapped it on there. And then I was like, well, my favorite is not Princess, but I love Ursula from Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid. So that's why the bull kettle is Ursula. The villain. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they're the villains because that's where all the crazy We've got two villains. And Jafar is the Jafar, yeah. Yeah, Jafar is the first... Yeah. And then you've got, yeah. And then little Baymax is the <laughs> bright tank because he's full of air. Full of air. <laughs> and when the doors close, it looks like his stomach. So it's, yeah. Perfect. Do you know what our pump's name is? I didn't know you had a name. Magic Mike. <laughs> I, I didn't even know that. Yeah, it's Magic Mike. Oh, yeah, my god. We just goodness. don't have any stickers for that for obvious yeah, reasons. I don't, I don't think that's Disney either. Yeah, that's <laughs> no, that's So, just... 
Little so, information. Uh, most of our listeners know that I work as a fireman full-time, and I say that because I was on shift the other day, and my wife FaceTimed me, and our daughter is watching a scene in the movie, and I told my wife, I said, turn it off now. She said, no, we're not at the bad parts. <laughs> and, oh, my so she's goodness. she's seen it enough to know what the bad parts she didn't see the bad parts, but I'm pretty sure she knows what the movie's about. I mean, yeah. And they got firemen in there, too, but not any firemen that I've seen around here. No. No. But, uh, I don't know. I think it started off as a joke from a patron. She was like, oh, it pumps, Magic Mike. And I was like, huh, that's funny. So, yeah. <laughs> pumps. This is a PG... Well, PG-13, I think, uh, show. Yeah. That's so, how many I know you, you your uh, restaurant out there, you've got a, a copious amount of taps. On average, how many taps belong to Candace's magic brews out there? Um, I am charged with keeping a minimum of 10. And I think the most I've had is 17. Which is really hard to do with five tanks, five fermenting vessels. But, um, yeah, minimum 10, which I think is where I'm at right now. And a lot of the guest taps are, we try to basically try not to buy stuff that I've made. So, like, if I have a coach, we're not going to put six more coach shows on tap. Right. IPAs are the minimum because I don't need to make IPAs because there's 15 on tap. Mm-hmm. But now I have three. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a little different but normally I don't have that many IPAs because I was like you could purchase that or last year they are like are you going to make a pumpkin beer and I was like no because we were way too far past and so I was like just purchase one you can go from there but that's, there's a little balancing act with that so do you know and I won't put you on the spot but do you know what the highest selling beer that you make or made has been oh mine yeah uh heidi's ghost star okay. it's our Amer- <laughs> we don't even have it on tap because we went through it um so it was the most our, sought after yeah it's our american lager it's our pbr okay and we sold <sighs> we went through six kegs in eight weeks and then i had some shipping issues so i wasn't able to like recoup it but it's our number one seller um, I don't actually know what number two is. Oh, we had a, a well, it, it's a not a continuous beer, but it was a sour that was like a cleaning out the fridge beer, and it's gone. Like it barely was stayed on the tap. Hmm. So, um, I guess we'll be making that one again. But yeah, it sells more than our Miller Lite, um, Coors, or Bud Light. Well, that's got to make you feel good because usually people that don't aren't into craft beer tend to drink those things. Speaking of drinking things, um, you know we've talked about beer, we've brewed beers, so I know we've had a couple. So, what have we drank? Well, other than the beers that we brought to share, right now. I just finished off the Ripa McIntyre. Right. 
Red IPA. Mm-hmm. Red Rye IPA, yeah. So the first time I had actually tried it was this past Thursday night uh, during one of your tap takeovers, even though I know you've had it on there before. And I fell in love with it. So you want to talk a little bit about that real quick? And um, Yeah, I think that was a beer in my head for a while. Um, Bestie boy. Actually, I had, what was, is it Quiet Riot? Is that the Riot? Yeah, I had a beer at Shoeless that was a Rye IPA. I cannot remember the name of the beer from Sierra Nevada. They used to have a Red Rye IPA. And I can't remember the name of it. This was a couple of years ago. And then I was at Shoeless, had that one. I was like, oh, Red Rye IPA would not be bad. But um, when you write down Red IPA, it just spells Reaper. So I was like, oh, we were joking around. We're like, Reaper McIntyre, great. It's going to be red. It's going to be wonderful. <laughs> and if I try to Fancy see. Fancy don't let me down. Exactly. I tried to see if there were hops from Texas. She's from Oklahoma, but I was like, there's hops from Texas. Yeah. It's pretty much the same thing. Um, but yeah, it was just, I'm just glad it was well received because not everybody likes rye. It could be pretty polarizing. I, I really enjoy it. I like it a lot. Thanks. Let's see. Earlier I had a, was it, I love the name of it, Consequences of My Own Actions. <laughs> oh, tell us the backstory if you don't oh. get too embarrassed because <laughs> no. I heard the backstory earlier and it, it's awesome because you basically dealt with it. It was like, hey, I had an issue, but I made it right, and this is going to be the name of it. Yeah, well, it was it's a collab with Liability, and it was supposed to be like a 10% Imperial Porter. I don't know why I have to go high gravity. <laughs> and we were just having a regular brew day, had the hoses hooked up, mashed in, mashed out, and then it came time to drain the mash tun, and start putting the grain in the buckets. Well, I was noticing, I was like, it sure is taking a long time for the water to, dr- like the work to drain out of the thing. And then I realized that's a little too dark. And then I realized I left the kettle drain open. So I'm not only draining my mash tun, I'm also draining my kettle. Oh no. So I lost half of the beer down the drain. And the guys at Liability, Jared and Jeremy were like, hold up, we didn't take any grain out. They basically had me re-mash and recirculate and pull more word off of that. And so it's the consequence because consequences can be positive and negative. So consequences because I lost half of it and good positive consequences because they fi- helped me fix it. And it was nice just to see like as long as we didn't grain out, we were good. And it's never a total loss. So and I'm kind of glad it happened because I don't think I needed a 10% porter. It's just good the way it is oh yeah and definitely definitely roasty for sure yeah Uh, makes makes a good brunch beer (laughs) and then as we're sitting here and trying to lighten it up so uh phil's pills now the funny thing is on your board it says it's an italian pilsner right untap says it's a new zealand pale ale so So. phil's pills (laughs) is actually it was a series of pilsners um, so that's Phil's Pills Italiano. Um, the Phil's Pills original was in New Zealand, and then there was a French Pilsner, and which I totally thought I made that up, but apparently it's a thing. And this one wanted to do an Italian Pills for a, a while now, basically to get to to decide how I'm going to make Phil's Pills beers. 
uh, Nico and I used to play, or we did D&D together. Mm-hmm. So I had a list Dungeons of styles. Yeah, Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, I, I knew what you meant. styles, and we would roll for, to figure out which beer. So it was kind of part of the joke. Um, and then we picked that, and I just picked two hops that I really like, Holotar Blanc and Belma. Give it this, like, gooseberry, white wine, kind of jammy flavor. But, yeah, just a nice little, well, 6% light beer. Okay. What you got in your glass? I'm drinking Riesling. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You get around beer so much after a while, you need a, you need a break. But uh, if I were drinking my own stuff, it would be the Phil's Pills. That's my go-to. What's my go-to? I'm going to have to say... What, what's your go-to, Everett? My go-to beer is probably the right stuff, but unfortunately it's not on right now. But I'm going to have to second Candace. The Phil's Pills is it's pretty good. Especially this one we just made. It's it's definitely yeah. up there. It's one of my favorite beers. So. It was fun to make. Yeah. So we were talking about Candace's favorite beer to brew, and you being the head brewer... Um, brewing over at Shoeless. What is your favorite style of beer to brew, or what's your favorite style of beer? Period. Well, my favorite style is probably Marzen, either a Marzen or an Irish Red. Um, now, tra- does that translate necessarily into my favorite thing to actually brew? Probably not. Um, one of the more fun ones we've done is a hemp beer. That was a lot of fun to brew. It was just because it was so novel. It was something new I had never done before, um, getting to, to tinker with the hemp. I mean, the whole, the whole back of the brewery just stunk, <laughs> you know, but it, it was fun and it was, it was totally something different. And so I, 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 really enjoy, I really enjoy stuff like that. I enjoy stuff that's kind of different and novel for me. All right, before we wrap up our episodes, we like to give our guests the final words. So, Candace, Everett, whatever you got in your mind, anything that you want to promote coming up here in the next few weeks, um, just the floor is yours. Well, uh, we will be releasing The Right Stuff Again, our Irish Red for St. Pat's next Friday or this upcoming Friday. We also have our Hot Madness tournament for the final, uh, what is it? March Madness basketball. Heck yeah, March 14th, baby. Yeah, it's baby. a whole bracket thing. So depending on which team wins, that beer goes on all day happy hour for the next 24 hours. So it's really kind of fun. Um, I'm just see. excited about it because yeah, that's really my cool 40th guys. birthday. Oh, see, <laughs> I don't pay attention to basketball. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't get into basketball either. I just saw yeah. that it said March 14th, and I said, oh, it's my birthday. Once. That's also our bar, one of our bar managers. Um, oh, really? And then at the end of the month, we have a Common House Aleworks tap takeover. So we have a lot going on for this month, but it would be fun. So that is our up-and-coming to-dos. And then tonight, if you uh, – well, tonight is – a celebration for women in beer. So there's a couple events going around town. So uh, if you're ever at Shoeless, stop in and grab some beers. If you're ever at Traveler's Tap Room, some great people stop in and get some beers. If you're ever on Woodruff Road, everybody's favorite side of town, come in and stop for some beers at Habitat. And some really good food. You treated us this morning to brunch. Oh, yeah. And Everett said, you've got to get 
the shrimp and grits. And I got the shrimp and grits and I was blown away. I almost made myself sick, but I ate the whole entire bowl minus all the peppers. Everett, you got anything coming up? I don't have very much to plug. I I guess the uh, the one thing I could sort of plug is that there might be a potential shoeless brewing episode coming in the future with you guys. So, oh, dun dun dun. Stay tuned for that. Be on the lookout for that. I don't know what these guys' schedules looks like or what mine will look like, but I hope we can uh, make that happen sometime in the near future. So, well, just so our listeners know. Shoeless Brewing has been on our radar for at least a year. And talking to Everett today, Wayne and I were talking to him, and I showed Everett my phone where I had all the list of breweries that we wanted to talk to, and he saw their name on there, and he said, let's make it happen. So only time will tell, future holds, and we'll see. Hopefully we can get uh, Everett and the owners on to our show. I'm game, that's for sure. I'm pretty confident they would be game too, so I'm hoping we can we can do it for sure. All right, Candace Everett, thanks for hosting us. Thanks for putting up with us as far as uh, brew day. Can't wait to see what uh, this uh, cold IPA ends up tasting like. And then, Stephen, I guess we got to come up with a name for it like real soon. Uh, quickly, because. We don't have that long. Candace kept saying all day, oh, you got time, you got time. But we're already into March. This year has flown by. That's true. Which means that we're going to blink our eyes and our beer is going to be on tap. And we got to figure out a name because we're going to push the heck out of this. Yeah. Well, you got a couple weeks. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, again, thanks again. And, um, So we're going to wrap up this episode. We want to thank our sponsors. We want to thank uh, Upstate Realty and Promotion Graphics for our on-site banner. We want to thank John Sharkey and the Greenville Craft Beer Festival for allowing us to uh, crash their party and talk to everybody there and drink the beer and talk about it afterwards. Maybe something else coming down the pike from that. Stay tuned. And our friend Eddie Weddingham owner proprietor of the clock tower tap rooms in billiards in simpsonville south carolina our home away from home oh in if the podcast isn't enough madness for you you can check steven southern bling beer reviews on instagram and have you started your tiktok yet i have a tiktok now catch them there i can catch my stuff on uh, instagram and youtube at wayne's beer delivery and uh you know, speaking of tunes, here familiar tune. I think it goes something like, "We're just boys. We like beer. If you think that's kind of hazy, Lord, let me make it clear. We're just boys. We're just boys. We like beer. We like beer. If you think that that sounds hazy, then Lord, we'll make it clear. We like blonde." Cider Stouts in the USA, we're just boys, and we like beer, we're just boys, and we like beer, upstate beer boys.